welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets New Year, everybody, and welcome back to the Retro Blood as we enter a new year and a new month, 2024, and we're starting this this one off funny, supposedly, because the Retro Blood is talking all about horror comedy for this month of January 2024. Starting this off, if y'all like sorcerers who are like Mr. Freeze from Batman. I'll explain that one later. If you all like kids who are like not really kids and they're like they have like bad acting, but the ba- the ba- acting was so bad that it was actually great. If you all like demons and slimy creatures, then brother, this is the review for you because the Retro Blood is starting off this new year talking all about spookies. Jay Allison, James Conn, what's happening, Allison? How uh, have you how, have you been spookied this this evening? Oh, dude, I was totally spookied by this thing. Um, you know, the weird thing is, I can't decide if it's supposed to be funny or not. Well, yeah, see, me too. <laughs> so originally, when we were picking out some movies for horror comedy month, yeah. Um, when I was looking up this particular movie, I swear some somewhere it said it was a comedy, but then I look back on it and it's like it's not like necessarily a comedy, but it's so yeah. goofy that it is a comedy. It's like one of those, you know, it's kind of like the original, like you know, Evil Dead or something like that. It's like it, it wasn't well, supposed to be funny, but it is funny. You know yeah, I mean? I mean, there's a world of difference between this and the original. Well, Evil yeah, Dead, duh. But yeah. Uh, this, but, but it's weird. It's weird how we think the same on so many things. Because I was yeah. thinking exactly the same thing about Mr. Freeze. I'm like, it's, and it's like, oh, the villain's Mr. Okay, Freeze. Okay, I wasn't the only one. I wasn't the yeah. only one then. Because I was like, okay, why is this guy acting like Mr. Freeze? First of all, he kind of sounds like him, which is weird. Okay. Then he has a whole bride and like, you know, I mean, they had a different, uh, you know, relationship. Okay. But it's still like, it was like the same shit. Like, I was like, what, what is going on here? So yeah, and he's kind of he's kind of got her frozen a little bit, and he's trying to keep her alive or yeah. whatever, or bring her back to life or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, yeah, this is, this is an interesting one, that's for sure. So, but I'm this this is so this month we talked a little bit about this last year, or like a week ago, and uh, we were like, this is like not necessarily our our, our thing, like horror comedy, but you know, there's going to be some fun elements out of this month, so it should be pretty fun. Uh, you know, this first one, obviously, like we were saying, like, it's not necessarily a, hey, let's, we're all, actually, you know, I, I can kind of debate that, though, because the dude who was just drinking beer the whole time, I mean, come on, 
Like he was, I think he was written for laughs, even though he wasn't funny. Well, yeah, I think that he was supposed to be the comedy relief. Yes. Yeah. So he, yeah. So I mean, so it it kind of goes with the cat uh, category. So. Well, yeah, but I mean, some of some of it's so ridiculous. Like, like the girl that smokes constantly. Like smoking is like a part of her personality. She smokes so much. Well, yeah, man, it's the 80s. you know, and it's just like, is it? Well, right, it is the eighties, but like, is that just like, is that supposed to be funny because it's exaggerated, or like, I don't know, like she just smokes constantly through this entire movie. Well, would you rather have her do Allison do cocaine? Well, maybe. Yeah, I think that would be a lot better too. <laughs> but anyway, we'll uh, we'll start off this month pretty uh, pretty good though. So, but yeah, this, this, this one was very interesting. Like I, like before we get into the, the full review and the, the history segment, like this one is like 50, 50 with me. It 50% sucked ass and it 50% was okay. It was just weird. It's a really weird film. So. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think it was terrible. Yeah. So. Uh, but let's get into the history segment to begin this brand new year. And boy, what a year oh, it's wow. going to be. For the retro blow, oh, yeah. we got a lot of shit planned, everybody, for y'all out here. Take a little. It's only gonna go up from here. Yeah, and by the way, like I know we're not doing the uh, the beer talk right now, but uh, I had to have one talk about this movie, and I actually been trying your uh, your nuts and vault that you talked about. Oh yeah, what do you think of that? It's pretty good. Like, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. It's like a it's like a coffee porter, but then they like randomly mm-hmm. have like coconut in it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. It's a good like, I think it's a good holiday beer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I even try though to, it's just like a December, January, February one. Yeah, I try to find the New England one, the Holiday Cheer, because I was really, really impressed with that beer, and I yeah. thought I saw it at the Target, and so I went back in there, and that shit was gone. And then I checked like literally two other stores to just see if I could find it around here, and it was gone. I was like, fuck. So that's definitely gonna be a. Uh, on my bucket list to get next year is the New England holiday cheer. So, but you know, yeah, yeah. maybe what we'll do is, um, you know, I think people liked our beer talk. So we'll probably add that in a couple episodes here and there, what we're drinking on, you know, we'll talk about some summer beers, you know, stuff like that. So, cause we're, yeah, we're mostly drinking, drinking a, on the podcast anyway. So my fuck is done. Yeah, I'm I'm talk about on the podcast. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm drinking the the rest of my leftover cranberry mead that I got for Christmas. Yeah, Betty, cranberry in it locally. Yep. So uh, let's get into the history segment because we did say last week that we would talk about the history of the Brass Knuckles Championship, which I cannot wait to talk about. Oh, we did. (laughs) Oh, we did. We did. We did. So, but before we get into that, so this movie um, had a couple different release dates. Um, There was one in France, one in Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Yeah. I couldn't imagine what people in Hong Kong would think about spookies. God. Yeah. Man, like, what the fuck? Do they think this is what a normal American movie is like? Bro, if there's anybody that listens to this from Hong Kong, please message to RetroBlood, RetroBlood69 at Gmail, and let me know what you th- would think about spookies. It, like, I just imagine, like, oh, this is what American culture is like. <laughs> So, but it, it premiered on January 2022, Yes. So we're in the same month that we're, we're reviewing this one. So that's pretty fun. But, uh, so the first one we're going to talk about is the, the Brass Knuckles Championship. Because, you know, me and Allison last week on our, um, 
On our Bloody New Year episode, we were just so amazed by the Brass Knuckles Championship that was defended around the world-class territory. Okay, and then we were like thinking, like, what, what, what is this championship? Is it like some belt that you won at the bar or something? You know what I mean? Did you just right. go out to the local like fucking uh, stable and just fight somebody with brass knuckles and then win a belt? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it's not far off from that, but yes, yes, it's a little different. Well, yes, but I did not realize when I was doing my research here. That this belt was like one of the one of the most original belts that came out, like very old. This one has a long lineage. Okay, like this belt dates back to like the 1950s. Okay, like it might oh, even yeah. been a little bit earlier than that. Let me see. Um, I got 1950 so, on here, but it, yeah, it, yeah, it's around like 1953. It was created in 1953 in Houston, Texas. Yeah, that's the one I found. Was that it was. Uh, the WC, the WCWA Brass Knuckles Championship was 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 uh, yeah in Dallas and made in 1953. Yeah, with Bull Curry being the main the first champion. Yeah, supposedly, because supposedly. like if you look at this lineage, it's pretty crazy. So check this out. So the Brass Knuckles Championship was created for the NWA, the National Wrestling yeah. Alliance. And the belt was pretty much created to be around, you know, the 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 Texas region. You know what I mean? Like the what is it? The mid, mid uh, the the South region. You know, yeah, Southwest. Right. I'll just say. Um, so the, the belt was kind of created for that for this, but it was part of the NWA body. So it was an NWA sponsored belt, but they mostly defended it around like you know Texas and different places. That's why um, a lot of like mid, mid uh, Midwestern. Um, championship, they 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 got to get the belt, and then that's why world class kind of inherited because they were obviously the Texas yes. promotion. Um, mm. And it's really weird, like so, like they don't have um, <laughs> like since it was so, like I say, it was created March 6, nineteen fifty three. All right, and the first person who won the belt, okay, was was his name Bull Curry, and this guy Bull would Curry. this guy would held the held the belt like he, this guy you you would think he was like the hardcore champion. From, you know, when, remember when they had the hardcore champion, the 24-7 rule? People were just winning it, like, left and right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. This guy it's won it, like, fucking it. 10 times. I was like, damn. Yeah. And then some of the times... Well, I, it, have, I have 24, but, 20, yeah. Oh, shit. You, oh, so you actually counted it. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah, like, my 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 research showed that he won it uh, 24 times. So he must have been a bad motherfucker, though, for the, for the Brass Knuckles Championship, brother. You know yes, I mean? Bull Curry. Um, I did research a little bit on Bull Curry because I didn't know who he was. Um, he was born in 1913. He died in 1985. Um, he basically, he's thought of as the originator of hardcore wrestling. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, like he is, yeah, because his, his matches were a little bit more of a, um, like, like a, like, like a little more of a fight style, like that little, like, brawler yeah. style. And so, like, that's why, yeah, so that makes sense. Why he'd be the brass knuckles champion? But yeah, he, yeah, that, that that was something pretty interesting about him because his matches were a little bit more violent than uh, people's. Because you know, for everybody who's not familiar with like fifties wrestling and stuff, and I'm not, I'm not like an expert on fifties wrestling, but I have seen some in the mm. in the past. So that wrestling is more 
mat-based. Like, they do more... It's kind of like a Zack Sabre Jr. style, where they do, like, more holds, more leg locks, you know, work over a style. So it was very different if somebody did a lot more, like, punching and kicking at this particular time frame. So... But, yeah, it was it was supposed to look more like Matt wrestling, I guess. Yeah. So I like it. Uh, I just want to talk about this quick. So around April 8th, 1954, um, <laughs> they they think Don Evans won the belt, but it's not clear who he defeated to win it. All right. So I was like, okay. And then there's Ooh, also, okay. too, there was another time where this guy named um, Rita R- Romo- Romero he wanted in yeah. Houston show, but he's not. But they're not. They're not actually. They don't know who he beat either for the title. So it's just like, oh, he just won. Because you know, I mean, this is a records back in the fifties, so you can't keep up everything, especially how wrestling was. Um, right. Yeah. So there was. Uh, yeah, because it of, says. Go ahead. I was gonna say yeah, because it's unrecorded from October nineteen fifty three to April nineteen fifty four. So they're not really sure, you know. So basically. The guy that held it before Don Evans officially was this guy named Danny Savage. Yeah. And so Don Evans could have beat Danny Savage, but maybe didn't. Yeah, um, and then when Romero Romero got it, they didn't really know who he beat, if he beat Don Evans to get it, or if they just took it off Don Evans and gave it to him, or who knows. Yeah, and it's also crazy, too, when we come to the 1957 year that for this belt, uh, Pepper Gomez won the champion, but it was uncertain – uh, who he beat in the in the tournament that they held up for the belt, and they're not sure if Gomez was a champion coming in or not. And the same thing actually happened again in 1958, where Casey McStane was in the tournament final after the first match on January 2nd, 19, ends in a double disqualification. So it's a pretty interesting belt. Yeah. So the basically the belt really didn't start going into uh, WCCW until like Fritz von Erich. Uh, kind of like brought it into that territory. And then when he started running the ship, he just incorporated the belt with his show, the world-class show. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, I mean, this thing goes back, like it, it started to what, 1956, and it didn't really end until um, later years in the 80s. I think it was like about 1987 when the belt went defunct in the, in the, uh, um, it went defunct in the world-class territory. Now, they did bring it back in some other territories. I'll talk about it really quick. But um, something I did want to bring up, too, where... So, the belt, like I said, it was a NWA championship belt. And, of course, NWA was like the, the body who governed all these little small territories. So, a lot mm-hmm. of the times, you would have, like, you know, your world champion would be a traveling champion because he would go out and face all the top contenders from these smaller territories. And it wasn't just him, but we also have designed belts that would be in these particular territories too. And it just so happens that the Brass Knuckles Championship was one of them. Okay. Um, Now, there was a little bit of controversy because if you remember that in, I believe it was around 1986, I believe, um, the belt, you know, the, the um, WCW, W, you know, world class, you know, left the NWA. Okay. Yeah. And they still had the brass knuckles belts there. Um, at the time, it was on Abdullah the Butcher. Okay. And so, you know, so because world class, they left in February 1986. And apparently, Abdullah was the champion there. And he 
in August of that 1987, he got defeated by Tony Atlas. Okay. And, but it was weird because the, the, so last week when I was going over those rankings, that's how we, we, we came up with this. They had the top five yes. rankings for Tony Atlas's brass knuckles belt. You know what I mean? Right. It's, yeah. do you know, like pretty much right after that episode, they kind of just like dropped it. Like they didn't even bring up like Tony Atlas being the brass knuckles champion. Who's going to defend it to, he didn't even bring out the belt to the, to the ring or nothing. They just kind of did. They pretty much just dropped the belt. So Tony Atlas technically was the last of the world, uh, of the, uh, the, the, the WCCW's brass knuckles champion was Tony Atlas, the, uh, the, the black Superman himself. Yeah. That's so, what I have was that it was yeah. deactivated essentially after he won it. Yeah, pretty much. It was much. really never mentioned again. Yeah. But it's just a really interesting, like, you know, concept about, like, I, you know, the matches were basically, they're supposed to be a little bit more hard hitting uh, for the brass. Because, you know, they, they were probably creating, at the beginning, they were probably creating this belt because of the, the tough man. You know what I mean? Because they're getting a little bit more tough Which, guys. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like more mm-hmm. fighters, more bra- bra- brawlers in the pro wrestling, you know. Pro wrestling for a long time was all about the grappling, you know, kind of like the Romans. They did a lot of grappling, a lot of submission holds, you know, stuff like that. But then later on, you're, you're incorporating different styles and stuff. And a lot, one of the big styles is brawling and grappling. So they kind of mm-hmm. noticed that trend was happening. So that's why they probably introduced like this brass knuckles belt because, you know, brass knuckles is supposed to be, you know, some tough guy. You know, when you think brass knuckles, you're thinking like these guys are fighting with brass knuckles on their hands. And apparently they did that for a while. Okay, <laughs> so like early on, it was actually like you would actually fight with brass knuckles on right. your fists and stuff, and then later on they kind of just changed it to like no disqualification and stuff. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, because that makes more sense. Because like yeah. I just, I mean, I don't care how tough you are. Yeah, I mean, if you get punched with brass knuckles, you're gonna go down. Yeah, like there's not gonna be a fight between two guys with brass knuckles. Like whoever gets punched in the face first is gonna lose. Yeah. Um, a couple of things. So the the belt did actually make a comeback after the eighties. Okay, it was actually in NWA Southwest for a while, from nineteen eighty eight to nineteen ninety nine. Then it transferred to NWA Texas Hardcore Champion. That, that's what it turned into uh, for a while in NWA South to ninety nine to two thousand one, and then it made another return um, in uh, two thousand. It was the NWA Brass Knuckles Champion, the New England version, promoted by NWA New England from 2000 to 2004. And then there was the uh, Tri-State version, promoted by NWA Tri-State. But that was early on, sorry. That was in the 70s to 82. So the last incarnation of the Brass Knuckles Championship before the Retro Blood brings it back was in 2004. Yeah. So we're here to do a service for the people. Yeah, brother. A lot of people would never have known about the Brass Knuckles Championship. I probably would never have known about it. Yeah, I know. It's, we a, it's a cool it looking belt, too. Like, I don't know. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll try to post a picture on the Facebook, give that Facebook some more love and shit. Everybody joined the Facebook, Instagram. The belt actually looked pretty good. It was like this big, you know, yeah. old school classic belt with the big brass knuckles right in the fucking middle. He's like, awesome. you know what? I would carry that shit around. You know, that makes you look like a tough guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot better than that spinner belt. 
Yeah, yeah better right. than spinnerball for sure. Imagine going through the airport, and, you know, you got to show everybody all your shit when you're flying. Yeah. Like you just show them that brass knuckles top championship. There's like, we're just going to let this guy go through. Yeah, exactly. He's like, we ain't fucking with this guy. He's probably on a couple beers right now. So, but it's pretty cool. You know what I mean? I like to talk about it. We probably have to do this some more or talk about different belts and stuff. But it's actually, yeah, it I think a pretty, it's fun. I was actually, I was just so surprised that this belt actually had a, a pretty long lineage. And it was actually a pretty well-respected title. Like, you know, when you... <laughs> I'm sorry. When I, when I first thought about the brass dog I was trying, but I just thought it was some guy that wanted it at the bar. But this belt actually had a lot of good lineage by it. So I was actually pretty impressed. So, But yeah, speaking of uh, brass knuckles, do you think our boy um, uh, uh, Duke, you think he would have a uh, challenge for the brass knuckles belt? Nah, man. Duke seemed like a pussy to me. That's right. He was He, he was. was, kinda, he was he was the weakest guy in that whole movie. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was all talk. You know, he couldn't handle mm, it, brother. For sure, for sure. And he died pretty easy but, too. I was like, damn. I know, I know, I know. And he's supposed to be the he's supposed to be the Fonzie in this character. I know. This like, what the fuck? Yeah, all these eighties <laughs> movies have a Fonzie. It's I crazy. know. What the fuck? They all do. They, uh, they just gotta yeah. add the Fonzie guy in there. And boy, I guess his like nineteen fifty stuff was popular in the eighties. Yeah, we need to talk about that outfit when it comes up. <laughs> but before we move off off of wrestling, I want to mention one thing. That that will be interesting for the people. It'll be interesting for you. So you last week, I believe it was last week on the show, um, were actually right about something. And oh. I wanted to, I wanted to point out that you were right about something. Um, so remember when we were talking about how WCCW, yes, WCCW was really popular in Israel. Yes. And then you said that you thought it was because they were on a Christian broadcasting network. Yes. And I pointed out that that was ridiculous because the people who live in Israel by, by and large are, are Jewish. Yes. Turns out you were right. Oh, okay. So the, reason, the reason that they bought that package, well, it wasn't necessarily because they were on a Christian network, but bec- that there was a Christian network in the Middle East, which broadcasted in, Israel and Palestine and a lot of like countries around there. Yeah. Um, and they used that on their, on their Christian network as a lead in for other shows that they had. So it was basically, they showed wrestling to get other people to, to watch, to get people to watch their network. And then maybe they would see the other programs they had. Yeah. And thus, uh, I guess, can turn people into Christians or whatever, but you were actually right that that is why they were popular in Israel. Yeah, that's why because- they were. It doesn't mean shown it. Yeah, that was like because when I heard that, that was like the only like theory that I had. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I knew they were on that Christian network, and I was like, why the fuck would they be so popular in Israel? I was like, the only it had to be because of the religious angle. You know what I mean? So it's probably the yeah, only wrestling they were getting, and you know, people yeah, are drawn to wrestling. It doesn't matter where you're at in the world. We know that nowadays. It doesn't matter where you're at in the world. You're gonna absolutely. be drawn to wrestling. So it's like, well, fuck. I mean, that's 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 the only thing I could think of why they were so popular there because it was the only wrestling that got through, basically. <laughs> yep, and that's basically why. I mean, they. Uh, I found that out off. Uh, well, it's probably not the latest episode now of talking to Jericho, but um, um, the Von Eric boys, Ross and Marshall, and yeah. their dad, Kevin. Kevin's told the one's told live. Yes, yes, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, and Ross and Marshall were on it, and then Kevin told that story about them being popular in Egypt because of that. Yeah, and he would travel to Egypt a lot. Uh, not Egypt, Israel. He would travel to Israel a lot because of that. Actually, yeah, yeah, like yeah, they would be there up there a lot. 
So, yeah, man. There's one thing I know is the world-class stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like my, I feel like that's my home territory. I like it so much, especially in the 80s. Uh, he speak- does tell this funny story. Yeah. I was going to say, this, he does tell this funny story about how they got, they were they were flying in the Middle East. And it was him and Andre the Giant and somebody else. And um, they they got their passport stamped wrong. So they were in the wrong, the, they were stamped in the wrong country they were supposed to be in. And they were held like, at gunpoint because they thought they were terrorists. Oh yeah. Which just to me is a funny is just funny thought of like Andre the Giant as a terrorist. I right, know, could you imagine? Because he's so huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh but yeah anyway, move on. Like what you're saying. We're going on to what you're talking about. So we're gonna talk about some of the metal. What are we gonna be listening to on our way to go see the spookies, brother? And this might be more more of like your wheelhouse. Alright, I don't think this is like around mine. So the band, we'll see. This band is very respected, and okay. this is like the metalheads' like top. This could be probably a metalheads' top band. Okay, and I might get a okay. little hate, but they've never been one of my favorites. But I oh, can, re- I can, I can respect how they sound, and I can respect what they did for music. And I know the guy definitely has a, a good-looking family. And yes, that is one Megadeth, brother. Okay, well. They are here. And we actually haven't talked too much about Megadeth, uh, which is surprisingly, because they're actually one of the most popular thrash bands in, uh, known to man, kind of. Yeah, I yeah. would say so, yeah. yeah. Well, they're one, of, they're one of the big four, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So they released an album January 19th, 1988, brother. And this one is the So Far So Good So What album. Oh, yes. Classic. Now, tell us a little bit about this album, Allison. I only got through a couple songs, and I was just like, ah, just not doing so, it for before me. Before I talk about it, why did you not like it? Why did you not like it? Is I don't know, man. It just, I, I don't know what it is, man. Like, Megadeth just never did it for me. It's just like, I just, I don't know. Just the singing, I guess. The I. I don't know. It just I I might need to explore it a little bit more. Maybe some different albums because sometimes it takes me a little bit. I just can't get into them that much. It just I don't know. Just something about it. Just maybe it's the I don't know. I just I just it was kind of boring. I might get like stringed well, out for that one, but I just like I just couldn't do it. Um, I mean, I'm not the you know the biggest Megadeth fan. I mean, they're probably my least favorite of the of the, of the big four. Um. This is a good album, though. This is probably the first Megadeth album I ever bought. Um, it's got some classics on it. It's got In My Darkest Hour, uh, Hook and Mouth. Um, well, those are the two big ones, I guess. Um, but yeah, this is like right before they got really big. So they were going to, they were changed their lineup after this album. But the, you know, the whole thing about Megadeth was uh, they were almost entirely formed. To try and destroy Metallica, yeah, yeah, uh, because Meg- because Davis thing got kicked out of Megadeth, um, got kicked out of Metallica, and, and he swore revenge on James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich forever. Yes, um, and you know he formed this band to basically destroy Metallica. Well, we see how that turned out. Yeah, but, um, I mean he did make a good career for himself. You know, I he mean, did. He didn't make a really good career for himself. I mean, he may not, not have made. Yeah. had he not had this kind of anger and hatred in him. Exactly, because you know, even though I'm not personally the biggest fan of Megadeth, I did say I do respect what they've done in metal, 
and they've been around forever. They still play shows nowadays. And like I said, you're, they're, they're probably are, you know, in the top four. You know what I mean? I mean, because yeah. they can sell out yeah. arena shows anywhere in the world right now. You know what I mean? They're just that big of a band. So, you know, just compared to the other ones, I just like them a little bit better. You know what I mean? But, you know, I could respect, like I said, what David Stane's done. Um, you know, that, that song, My Darkest Hour, apparently was written following the death of Stane's former bandmate, Metallica bassist Cliff Burton. He wrote that song about him. Yes. So, you know, that's, that's a nice uh, tribute that he did on this album, too. And, you know, you know, maybe it was just like this album. I don't know. I just wasn't digging it. But maybe, you know, you know. As we go on in the 80s, I know they did some other albums and stuff. Maybe I'll talk a little bit about those, give those a listen to. Um, looks like it only did yeah. like three. So <laughs> maybe they yeah, like maybe, Rest in Peace is yeah. like the classic one, which came out in 1990. Yeah. It was the next album after this. But I mean, you know, they're they're good. I mean, they're not the best band in the world, but they're they're good. Yeah. But we'll play a little bit of them. You know what I mean? I can give them some some respect. You know what I mean? You know, they go out there. They do bring a lot of cool bands on tour with them. They got them a lot noticed, so I can respect that, you know. And I can tell that our boy, um, uh, uh, the the drunk, I call I called him the beer guy the whole time. I think his name might have been right. Rick. But you could tell that he would probably listen to a little bit of Megadeth here and there. You know what I mean? Yeah, possibly. So, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, we, you know. We got a little bit, you know, I, I, I could say in the 80s, you know what I mean? If you bought this album and you, and you played it in the Trans Am, you know what I mean? I might have like dug the whole thing. But then again, maybe maybe it'll take me a couple listens to, you know what I mean? Maybe if you, maybe if you did yeah. that thing on rotation, okay? Then maybe yeah, I'll, sometimes I'll, I'll like, like that. Yeah, sometimes you got you know, to gotta, gotta break it in a little bit. So, but let's get into some of the who booked this shit, brother, for Spookies. Yeah, because I got to know who booked this shit. Well... If you ask, it's made by a guy named Brenda Faulkner and Thomas Doran. Okay. And this, of course, is an independent film. Okay. You could have fooled me. All right. And it also has additional footage directed by Eugene Josephs. So we got a couple people on this project over here. So a couple things. So this film was given a, a limited theater, theatrical release. In 1987, with a more widescreen video release in the later years, it also aired on cable television USA Network multiple times between 1988 and 1991. She was on TV. What the? F- okay. Despite its yeah, limited on USA. I mean, there was like no nudity and stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, I could see it. Like there wasn't really that much blood or like nudity. I mean, I could see it. You know, what I mean, it wasn't really that bad, especially for the 80s period. Uh, despite its limited release, modest box office hall, and scarce availability, it has achieved a cult-like following. Okay. I mean, what what does it now? You know what I mean? If, if something's so goofy and out of the top, you know what I mean? It's probably going to have a cult-like Any, following. Yeah. I was about to say, anything's going to be considered a cult following now based on that. And to be honest know. with you, like, I mean, I like especially towards the end where the movie randomly became zombie. I actually thought that was pretty yeah. cool, even though it randomly became a zombie movie, even though I thought we were having demons. So, Yeah, well, it did start out as two different movies. That's true. So this movie was originally entitled Twisted Souls. All right. And it was written yeah. and produced by Frank Farrell and Brendan Faulkner and Thomas Dorn and directed by Faulkner and Dorn. Principal photography began at the Jay Estates in New York. 
And Twisted Swallow was being edited when creative and legal issues between the producers and the financial backers prevented final post-production. So we got some drama coming on over here with these films, brother. All right. It said, the original Twisted Souls footage directed by Faulkner Dorn consists of all the travelers who arrive in two cars and all the monsters and effects that occurred within the house. The monsters include the demon... Uh, um, oh, what is it? Well, the demon Yuji board. What is it? Uh, what, how do you say that? Yuji? Uh, Anji board. I say it. I say it. Ouija. Ouija. That's what I was looking for. The yeah. demon Ouija girl. The muck, the muck man. The Spider Woman. Oh, yeah, wait till we get to there. The Snake the Demon. The were my favorite part. I don't know, bro. That Snake Demon was pretty funny looking. That was pretty cool, too. The Hallway Demon. The Green Reaper. Yeah. Uh, wait, the Hallway Demon? I like it. <laughs> imagine imagine, yeah, sell, imagine yeah. selling that one at Spirit. Get yourself the new, brand new, deep, dark Hallway Demon. Wait, demon. You, thought, yeah. you thought it was safe to go to the hallways, brother. It's nope. not anymore. Okay. Nope. You can't Spe- go to the bathroom after dark now. Speaking of spirit, yeah, I don't know where. I know they made all the props, but brother, if there if there was a spirit in nineteen eighty seven or eighty, when this fucking came out, nineteen eighty eight, brother, they would be, they would have all the they would have all the creatures from this movie on there. Well, I mean that's another example of how we're all like, why we're alike. Like yeah. I thought that every nearly everything in this movie. Looked like something bought his at Spirit Halloween. I know, but listen, I we ain't gonna rip it because me and you do appreciate that they didn't use fucking CGI and shit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I'm cool if they want to go out to the local mom and pop Halloween store and grab a couple shit and post it on people. It's a lot better than that CGI shit. Okay. Absolutely, and you know, and like I've said a million times, obviously they didn't have a lot of money. But yeah. they did the best they could, and they made the best movie they could make with the money they yeah. made. Yeah, and actually, I thought I they I did pretty they well with the, uh, yeah. the 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 actually the effects on it. You know what I mean? I thought it was pretty fun. So we also saw so they also did some of the zombies outside. So in 1985, yes. the financial backer of Twisted Souls hired Eugene Joseph to direct more footage, which was pieced together when the finished footage from Twisted Souls to create spookies. The added scene written by Anna Bergenden under the name of Joseph Bergenden. Oh, okay. I guess she yeah. could be a woman at that time. Featured an entirely so. different cast and included all the footage of the boy looking for his birthday party. Yeah, that was a weird... We'll get there. The band in the tree. That was weird, too. The cat man. The old musician. The girl in the coffin. Zombies at the end of film. The witch in the basement cave. And the little blue boy. Okay, so yeah, like, okay. like you were saying, they pretty much like made two films and like just cut them together. Yeah, yeah. Because the way I took that was that they made um, they made they were making Twisted Souls, and then they ran out of money. So then they hired these other people to make footage to fit in with the Twisted Souls footage and made another movie out of it, a completely different movie. Yeah. So but, something yeah. kind of interesting too. Uh, the film was released on VHS in the U.S. by Sony Video, but eventually yeah. went out of print, right? But then Spookies was also released on VHS in U.K. by Place Video, and it was alongside Evil Dead 2. So not only could you get Spookies, but you can get Evil Dead 2 in the same set. Well, that's a bargain. I mean, come on, brother. What more do you need? No, you would never okay. need any more. 
Do we even need to buy any more movies? Okay, come on. No, you would only need those two forever. (laughs) And it's since been released and remastered by Vinegar Syndrome, which is a really good company that does largely forgotten horror films. They're really good at uh, not letting movies like this fade away. Because a movie like this would have faded away into obscurity and nobody would ever knew it existed. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. But they keep a lot of those movies alive. Uh, which is why I like to do movies like this on the show so that we'll talk, we can talk about them and people may not forget they existed. Yeah. And they can go search it out. So, yeah, you know, if you're not going to buy the fork, I think it actually has a 4k release, which is cool. Um, but if you're not going to go buy that, we, me and Allison, we watched it off of sling of all places, but I think sling, the, the, I, I watched it off the sling that we have. Cause my sling has the, um, I think it's called like, scare box or something Sca- something's box scare box or something we i have that channel within my sling so that's how we yeah. had this movie on demand but if you just want to yes. watch it if you have scare box or whatever the hell that thing is called you can watch it from there too so but uh but yeah i say let's get into the uh the full plot of this spooky quote unquote yes plot of uh, <laughs> i have no idea why anything in this movie happened but i'm sure you'll explain it to oh me. i will all right, this this should have been this should have been Spooky's The Revenge of Mr. Freeze. That's what it should have been. Okay. Yeah. So let's get into it, brother. Spookies. That's weird. No name. Happy birthday, Billy. <laughs> Okay, so we start off, and the first thing we see is the old spooky sound, the little graphics, 80s, kind of cool. Then we see, like, this grave yeah. moving, and so the f- the first thing I noticed right away, okay, okay, like, in this first couple sequence that we see is you can tell, because we're in 1988 right now, you know what I mean? Actually, I think this movie was released a little earlier in, in 90s, 1987, but in yeah. 19, we're, you could tell we're in 1988 and we're, we're kind of getting towards like the 90s. And I could tell like right away, just the way this was filmed, it reminded me a whole lot of like what we'll be seeing later on in like Goosebumps, Are You Afraid of the Dark? You know what I mean? Okay. Like the, the actual filming of the movie reminded me of the of that style like a lot. And it was pretty, it was pretty wild. Um, 
So what we see was first we see this grave movie, and then we see this old guy talking to the to the um, to a coffin. I thought it was the crypt creeper for a little bit. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's showing up early, and he they turned the, out to be Mister Freeze. Yes, well, yes, it turned out. To, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> well, before we see him, what he does is so spills. By the way, like this movie, like brother, if you like cuts. Holy shit. I mean, fuck. Like, every minute, somebody was talking and doing shit. Like, for writing notes for this, this wasn't the hardest thing I've ever wrote notes for because there really wasn't a whole lot going on. But boy, okay, they did a shit ton of cuts in this movie. Cut, yeah. cut, 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 cut. Duh, 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 duh. I was like, fuck. So, first we see the guy, the old guy, and he's talking and says, you know, he has his last victims coming over. And you're going to be resurrected for the, the last time. This is going to be it. This is going to be the thing. So then we cut. By the way, if I say cut, like, then you got, you got to just start drinking, brother. Okay? Just start it. So well, we, it, I mean, they made this out of two movies. I so know. So there's going to be a lot of cuts in it. Well, fuck. And I, I thought I was going to, there were so many cuts, I thought I was going to have a seizure. Okay? So bear with me. All right. Right. So we see a moon, and then I no shit. They, they look like they got these graves, these tombstones for the dollar store. Okay, they look like they well, were falling I over. Figured they did. Okay, yeah, they're just like they look like plastic tombstones. Then we see a random, yeah, we see a random kid in the forest. Of course, his name is going to be Billy. It looks just like something out of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Okay, yeah. or Goosebumps. You know, one of the mostly Are You Afraid of the Dark? It looks just like that. Uh, then we have this. I called him the vamp guy, vamp guy, but apparently he's some sort of cat demon. Like cat I thought he looked demon. like uh, I thought he looked like a nightcrawler from X Men. Oh shit, he did. He kind of did. You know what I mean with the teeth? And, uh, yeah. I was like, oh, it's it's a nightcrawler from X Men, and he's wearing yeah. some like weird like circus outfit that they had left over on the clearance racket. Yes, Spirit Halloween. Pretty much, yes. So we have nightcrawler following this kid around. All right, then we see two sets of cars. We have one red car, one normal car. One yeah. set has Duke and all his crew in there, and the other one has the old guy um, in there, and I believe his name was uh, Peter. Peter, all right, was telling the crew, all right, his crew, that Duke, the guy in the other car, got him kicked out of a party. So now he's following Duke because he's not used to these roads. So they're just following Duke to go to somewhere else because they got kicked out of the party. He's not really a big fan of him. All right, so now we see Billy. All right, he apparently it's Billy's birthday, and his parents forgot. So Billy plans to leave and walk outside and have big plans for his birthday by hanging out with himself or something. And then this next scene was something out of like To Catch a Predator. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the guy in the bushes. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, we had. So I was like actually kind of confused about this scene. I had no idea what was going on. So oh, we okay. have like this like creepy guy. He comes up to Billy and he's all like, "Hey, you know, can I get a smoke?" And, and then he asks him how old he is, and he did not believe Billy was thirteen. And he was asking what he was doing out here alone, and he thinks if he's going to be okay out here. I mean, it was, it was kind of creepy, okay. <laughs> and then like Billy like gets away because he says he has big plans and he's going to do stuff on his own. He leaves and it looks like this guy, this, this creeper was going to like attack Billy and, you know, 
do some predator yeah. shit on him. And then I mean, out of no, and then out of nowhere, Nightcrawler comes up and kills his ass. Yeah, like why? why? I mean, I I don't know what else am I supposed to get out of the scene? Is like he was he was gonna like kidnap and do child predator shit to Billy, I guess. Yeah. And Nightcrawler kills him with his hook hand. Exactly. I was like, okay, so is Nightcrawler? Is Nightcrawler? Is he like? He's like the baby face now. He just saved Billy from getting predator done. Like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So okay, is that okay? That scene was just really. It just caught me off guard. The whole scene did. Okay. So then we get Mister Freeze over here. Okay. Yeah. And apparently this guy, he's like a sorceress, and his actual his shoot name is Kiron or Kiron. Kiron. <laughs> That's, that's his shoot fantastic. name, right? But he's fucking Freeze because this guy, not only did he sound like Freeze with his like fucking mumbled voice, I'm gonna get a lighter from the dead, brother. Okay. <laughs> Some shit like that. <laughs> but he has, okay, so this guy's like 100,000 years old, right? And he has this hot, yeah, like yeah. looking 80s chick in his coffin that he's keeping preserved. Okay. Right. Like Mr. They're, Freeze. They're the same age, though, right? Well, yes, they're the same age, but I guess since she's been, she's been so preserved over time, she got to keep her young looks about her. But this guy is an old corpse. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that was my main thing is like at this point, cause he kept talking about how he's going to like keep her young and resurrect her and shit. But yeah. like, he should be like, she seems to be fine. He, sh- you know, she's moving around and gets out of the coffin eventually. Well, that's because of, of his, sor- to, it's like, because of his sorcery powers. See, the, right. the, the thing is, this guy, what he does is. He he lures people to his uh uh Bel Air uh Fresh Prince of Bel Air mansion, okay? Right. And he kills them with evil demon magic and he bears them outside and I guess from there he gets their souls like you know the guy from Mortal Kombat and inserts him into Isabel, which is his wife. That's what I got yeah, out of well, it. Yeah, well, yeah, I understand that concept, but it's like you would think he needs to put some of that like you know, sorceress, some of the sorceress ways towards himself because he's becoming like a corpse and she's still like 25 years old. Well, the thing is, his logic was, well, he can't help it because her beauty is overtaking his mind. Oh, that's true. That's true. I also can't figure out why he puts tombstones up for all these people that he kills. Well, you know, like like he has to have names on them. Well, you know, we got, you know, I mean, you got a brand brand around the house. You know what I mean? Well, true, true. You know what I mean? Maybe, you know, there's just like, okay, well, we need dead zombie guy number one. Dead zombie guy number two. Come on now. Uh-huh. Okay, fair enough. All right, so they're all in the car, and I like how they're all like, so the the car with Duke in it, they're all like drinking beer. Dude, okay. Duke. I can't. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing every time they said it's fucking. <laughs> so what then that's when we got the the beer guy. I think his name was Rick. Yeah. He was drinking beer. Yeah. They're all drinking beer. All right, and then Billy, Billy now goes to the Bel Air house. And we upgraded from one dollar tombstones to five dollar tombstones now. So yeah, a little there better. So so Duke goes inside the house. He sees that there's a mock like party party set up for him. And, and like, okay, so how does this make sense? So Billy, he's like twelve or thirteen. He claims he's thirteen. He goes into this random house that's out in there in the middle of nowhere. It's not established that it's his house. There's a party set up for him, and he's all like, oh. They all remembered after all. It's a surprise party. And I'm thinking, wait, wait what? 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 You're in some strange haunted house. Like, did they tell you to come to? Th- okay. You, you and you were just chased by a child predator. Yeah. Well, this Billy, this guy, man, boy, kids in the 80s, man, they just they just fly on by. They didn't worry about nothing. Well, I guess they did. 
I guess not. <laughs> they didn't worry about nothing, brother. They're just like, hey, we're just going to go out there to dark alone by haunted mansions and stuff. No problem. So, so now he's in there, right? And he opens up his card and yeah. it's all about this birth, you know, happy birthday, Billy and stuff. And then there's like a toy that haunts him. Okay. Right. And then here's a couple of noises. And then he tries to open up this big box that was for him. He thinks it's a bowling ball. He opens it's it up. Heavy. Yeah, it's heavy. He opens it up and it's a dead head saying, happy birthday, Billy. And then he runs on out of there. And then during all this stuff, too, we have a, a, a little kid in a Halloween costume. It, it looked like he went to the, to the local mom and pop's Halloween store. And he was saying, hey, can I get half the costume for the Ewoks? Okay. Oh, that's best. Now that's bad. that's basically what it was. But I, you're right. You're and not that's wrong. supposed to be uh, that's supposed to be Mr. Freeze, Kron's son. His name is Cobra, <laughs> or Cobra. One of the fucking two. That's fucking great. Yeah, I thought he looked like uh, one of the little Jala guys from uh, Phantasm, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. That that would do too. All right. So and he picked up like an ice pick and shit. Like he was trying to do some he was trying to do some crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so Duke, all right. Yes, is uh, uh is everybody <laughs> so like basically what happens is during all this stuff, the the nightcrawler guy puts a, a branch out in the middle of the road. So that's why Duke and all of them had to stop. And this is when we actually can see Duke's outfit. All right, we gotta stop here. <laughs> what the fuck is Duke wearing? So at first, I thought it was the jumpsuit that The Rock wore at the 1999 Royal Rumble, but it was like made of leather. No. So I couldn't figure out. Like at first, I thought it was one of those like uh, sweatsuits that people wear at the gym to like sweat water weight off. Yeah, but it was leather. <laughs> but it was leather. But he was wearing like this. I didn't even describe what this is like. It's like uh, he's wearing like loose, like baggy leather pants and like a loose, like leather tunic is the only thing I would describe it as. Like, I don't, I don't know. No one, I have never, I mean, I remember 1988 and I don't remember anyone wearing anything like this. Well, I like how, I like how the, uh, the shirt he was wearing was like a long sleeve belly shirt. Yes. That was fantastic. <laughs> and then not only did he have stomach hair, he had back hair too. I was like this guy, he's a, well, yeah, he's a Fonzie. He he's a Fonzie brother. Those. Come on now. And so, uh, Pete and old man Pete and Duke argue about the tree. And eventually they get the tree out of the way. And Duke's like, listen, I'm, everybody who wants to go party, just come follow me. So they all go follow him. And they find, uh, they eventually just ran up at a haunted mansion. Okay. They, yeah. <clears throat> they just randomly find this place, right? Yeah. So they, they, they go up to this haunted mansion. All right. And they, they're like, you know, hey, let's go party in here. Uh-huh. And then um and then they they started talking a little bit about this mansion and a couple of the crew was wondering like why there why somebody would build a mansion around all these tombstones and Rick makes a joke saying, "Oh, that's a neat way to put fertilizer around here." Ha ha ha. Oh, how funny. Yes. Humor, comedy. So, during all this stuff, then we see Billy, the birthday boy. He is out there, and now he's getting stalked by Nightcrawler. So Nightcrawler has turned his back of being a, a hero that stopped him from Predator. Now he is the Predator. Yes. Trying to attack Billy. 
And so the payoff to the Billy story is, which was weird. And I didn't really get it at all. So he like traps him, knocks him in a graveyard, knocks his ass out and buries him alive. And that's it. Yeah. That's all we get from Billy, right? Yeah. He's not in the rest of the movie at all. Unless I missed him somewhere. I mean, unless he was one of the zombies at the end, like he didn't do jack shit. Like he was just written to die. <laughs> yeah. So they wrote that. So that was not in the original no. movie that they made. So that was one of the parts that they wrote for what? For though? the new movie. Like it even for makes sense. Why? No. It's like it doesn't make sense why he would be there, why he would do anything that he's doing, why he would think that just add a kid. (laughs) Yeah, like why? Then there's no reason to think for him to think that his parents would have thrown him a surprise party inside this uh, haunted mansion. (laughs) None of this makes any sense. Like why? That's what I kept saying is why. Why? So now why am I watching now the uh, kids? And I put quotation marks between kids. Yeah. Uh, the kids and the older guy, they all go into the house now. Um, it took them a while to get to the house because half the crew doesn't want to go in there. And Duke's like, I'm going in there anyway. I want to party. All right. So we see Rick, the drunk guy. He is trying to be funny where he's grabbing beer and running into people. Ha, ha, ha. Um, it's funny. Very funny. Yes. But yeah. So one one quick thing, though. So you're, you're cr- so like. So all of these people, we don't know how they know each other, really, but they some of them are supposed to be teenagers, right? And some of them are supposed to be adults. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Well, but pretty much adults. everyone's like 35 years old. Well, ago. the guy who played Pete, he kind of looked like, okay, he kind of looked like, um, oh, God, what's his fucking name? Steve from uh, Married But Children. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, kind of. You know what I mean? Um, like, is he that the look. guy that's dating um, Adrian? No, 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 no. Adrian that's that's Dave. All the time. Dave, yeah. yeah. P- Pete, so are P- they supposed to be teenagers or are they supposed to be older? Well, I think they, 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 were, they were part of the older crew. Okay. Okay. So what? I what guess because she smokes all the time. Yes. So I'm guessing uh, Pete, Dave, and Adrian, I believe her name was. Yeah, and, Adrian. And yeah, they were like the older people. And okay. the girl, um, Linda, who was the redhead that was dating Duke, she knew yeah, Adrian, and then she brought her her boyfriend's friends over, and her boyfriend's friends were like that Lewis guy, Carol, you know those fucking people. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the drunk yeah, Rick guy. And, uh, They're like they were supposed um, to be the younger ones. So yeah, what was Linda? <clears throat> that was her name. Yeah, right? Linda, the redhead with the tits. Yeah, I was about uh-huh. to say Laura with the big boobs. Like, yeah. although one thing that I will say that's pretty amazing about the way this movie was shot. They would, they could always find an angle that every scene she was in where you can see down her shirt. Yeah, and there's nipples showing. Yep, come on, brother. Yeah, they, no they matter where, yeah. no matter what was happening, they would always find a way to huh. shoot it to where she was in a in a position. The camera's in a position where you can see down her shirt every yeah. single time. I mean, come on, brother. I mean, it's amazing. Gotta, really. You gotta add yeah. something in there. All right. So they're like just hanging out in this house. There's like electricity on everything. Uh, they're drinking some beer, and apparently this is like a lame party because nobody wants to do anything. Okay, Pete doesn't want to no. do nothing. Duke doesn't want to do nothing. Rick just wants to drink beer, and Carol's not feeling well right now. And uh, Duke wanders around. Right, he he finds a box. Okay, he finds a box a box like structure, and he opens it, and there's like some sort of like dagger pin in there. Yeah. All right, and it like falls out and jumps on its own 
And then randomly, because like I guess he has like an attitude. He's like a tough guy. He's like, what's going on with this door? And he just like starts breaking this fucking door down. I was like, what? He's like, brother, can we like can we like simmer on what just happened with this sword thing? No, we got to break this door down. So we break the door down and some dead body falls on him. And everybody's trying to say that's a real body, even though that shit totally looked fake. Okay. It's, a, it's a spirit Halloween dead body. <laughs> it's a spirit Halloween dead body that fell on his ass. It looks exactly like uh-huh. a spirit Halloween decoration. So it falls like, on there's him. There's no way yeah. that they think it's a real body. Like I can't. I don't think it's a real body from where I'm sitting. Exactly. There's no way that they think this is real. All right, and then then they they found a Ouija board on him. All right, and then we had to have a whole lecture of what a Ouija board is. I was like, well, oh yeah, boy, here we go. I was like, here we go. It's, oh, by the way, the acting in this, brother. Like it's it. I I wouldn't say it's Silent Night, Deadly Night, too bad. But boy, it was getting there because there yeah, were some there. there were some lines that were like we had to explain everything that we're doing. Hey, I'm yeah. walking <laughs> two steps. Hey, don't. It's just everything we had to explain. It's like fuck. It's like I'm watching Monday Night Raw. We had to explain everything. Okay. Yeah. Well, I also think it's funny that Duke found the the box, like the box he found. Like he picked up one thing in the house and it had this like plot moving device in it. Yeah. Like it had the one thing they needed to move the plot forward. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And by the way, we keep getting uh, cuts to Mr. Freeze too. Because Mr. Freeze, he is trying, this is like his plan. His basic his plan is to lure these kids in his mansion so they can play his evil demon sorcery games. So they can have their, they could be dead, join his garden, and then his bride will live forever. And this is supposed to be the last of them. I guess he has enough bodies to keep the wife alive forever or something. So now this is like the last of his people that he needs. And he's all happy about it. And boy, this guy, he, I explained that in about like, what, less than two seconds. This guy had to explain it for like an hour of what he was doing over and over again. And I could barely, and it's like this. It's like this. Yes, I will take them down and I will destroy them and I will make sure that you are going to be my bride forever. Stop, I'm looking at me. I was like, fuck, bro. Okay, we got you, Freeze. Just calm it down. Yeah, we, know, we know what you're doing. Okay. Just simmer down. Just simmer down, Mr. Freeze. We got you. But yeah, they had a kind of a cool like little effect in his voice that makes like, him sound like Mr. Freeze. I thought he was using, remember that thing they used for Kane? Like that like thing for smokers? You know what no, I mean? it doesn't voice. sound like that. It doesn't sound like that. Uh-huh. It was kind of close, but it, <laughs> but it had like, I mean, like if you told me that the Batman animated series people saw this movie and said, "Oh, we should make Mister Freeze sound like that," I would believe you. Yeah, I would believe it. Yes. So now they all decide to eventually play this uh, Ouija board game after we had explained what it is. And they figured out that the thing that dropped out of the box is going to be this guide. And now Carol, she's acting yeah. all weird. All right. So now, you know, like Carol is basically saying, you know, dead's all around us. Dead, dead can reach us and stuff. Um, also, too, Mr. Freeze uh, treats Nightcrawler like a pet. Like when he talks to him, it's basically yeah. like his little pet thing. So <clears throat> now they start asking the Ouija board some questions. Linda does. The first question is, how old is Adrian? 24. And, of course, you can hear our boy freeze. She's 24. Okay, like that. All right? So now they're like, okay, how old is, um, how old will will Adrian live to be? And it says, 24. Okay. 
And then she gets, gets all mad. All right? And then they're like, well, when are we going home? Never. <laughs> all right? And then they're like, will, du- will I ever marry Duke? Or will we be together? together? And the guy was like, no. <laughs> no. So they're all Duke. getting pissed off. They all think Linda's doing this, by the way. Like they, all right? And then they're like, uh, all right? and then she's like, well, will, will me and Duke be even together from a, a month from now? And he's like, no. Okay, and then like Duke's like, well, you can't blame me on that one. I was like, and then I just put in my notes the acting, lol. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty bad. So yeah. so Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, well, Adrian, Adrian's played by uh, Charlotte Alexandra, who uh, she was like a, a European actress. Well, she's like from England, I think, but she. Uh, she played in what I call those Euro sex movies in the seventies, like the Emmanuel movies. She did a lot of those. Oh, and okay. now she's doing this as an American. That's film. probably why she was smoking the whole time and bitching at David. Yeah, yeah probably. Huh? All right, so now Carol, she is now having visions of Freeze. Okay. By the way, when we say Freeze, we mean Kron, whatever the fuck. Kron, Kron, whatever the hell. But we like to call him Freeze, basically. So she's having her head. See, basically, so Freeze has like this vein in his head. It's like the source of his yeah. power. It's like his, his his fucking vein head. Okay. And then now Carol randomly turns into a demon, like you would see on Evil Dead. All right, just randomly turns into the. She's now a Carol demon. All right, and then she starts whipping all their asses. All right, and I, I did like there was one part that she gets like a beer bottle thrown at her. I thought it was funny for some reason. Maybe, maybe, maybe actually, you know what? Maybe Carol Dima was trying to try out for the Brass Knuckles Championship. Yeah, it's possible. Hello? Did you vanish on me? Oh, there we go. I can't. Sorry, I can't. I couldn't unmute myself. I thought you were so. Uh, I thought you were so taken back by Carol being the next challenger for Tony Atlas's. Brass Knuckles Championship. No, I was taken aback by how this is. This part's clearly a uh, ripoff, a stolen moment from the Evil Dead. But well, they're part of the same box. It's even close. Well, that's true. Okay, come on now. But like the effects, the makeup on on Carol just—I mean, like nothing. Yeah, even close to how good Evil Dead looked. Yeah, so they all kind of get away from Carol and stuff after she starts freaking out and stuff. Um, uh, Pete says they, uh, they gotta, uh, they got, you know, they gotta get out of here and stuff. Um, and they all want to make a run for it. And the thing is, like, so the first person to leave was, I think it was David, and Adrian, and Lewis. All right, so Lewis gets out there first, and he goes all the way, like, kind of like near like one of those tombs, and he gets stuck, yeah. like in quicksand and some shit. And then the tomb reads out his name, Lewis. And then he gets sucked into the tomb. And that's when Adrian and Dave, they're like, fuck this shit. So we're going back inside. And they pass, like, Duke and all of them. And Duke's like, no, 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 I'm still going to get out of here and stuff. And Pete's like, just be my guest. Go out there. So Duke tries to get out there and stuff. And he's about to, you know, get out there. And then they start, and then they can, sign, they can see that all these, like, demon zombies are raising, kind of like, are out there and stuff from the graves. Yep. They're like, oh, fuck it, we ain't going to go out there now. Okay. So this is when we get a whole lot of back and forth. So everybody kind of wants to break up now. We're going to have one crew look downstairs 
We're going to have one crew look upstairs. And we're going to have yeah. Adrian and Dave just chill on out. Okay? That's what we're going to happen. Because, you know, it's a horror movie. Everybody has to break up so we can have more film time with them. Exactly. So, uh, so let's talk about Duke, uh, uh, Duke first, Duke and Linda first. So they go upstairs, uh, they're looking around, they go into like this, looks like a, like an old wine cellar. Okay. And mm-hmm. they're looking around Duke. I, I guess I, somehow he falls on Linda and now he is horny. He's like, hey, let's get going. You know, he saw those tits <laughs> hanging out, brother. He's just ready to go. And oh, yeah. it's like, no, not, not right now. And then, and then Duke's like, "Why wow, you can't? Th- you don't think I uh, I can provide for you, huh? You don't think I can pr- provide for you?" So he looks around and stuff, and he finds a wine bottle, drinks the wine bottle. It's all old and shit, all right. And Linda's still waiting on the floor. Looks like she was like maybe thinking about the idea of getting fucked on the floor. I have no idea. And then out of nowhere, right. Allison and everybody, we have floor demons. Yes. Dirt floor, demons. dirt floor demons grab Linda. Mm. They look kind of cool. They kind of look like something from Batman too. Remember the Sandman? Kind of look like you know. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. How come we didn't have that on the list? We had hallway demon, but we didn't have uh, floor demons. No, these are the these are the muck men. Oh, these are the muck men. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, because their entire costume is made out of a burlap sack. Well, yeah. I mean, what do you think happens when you're living <laughs> in a haunted demon house and you're in the fucking the wine cellar? Right. So apparently, you just wear whatever you can get with so, the burlap sack. So apparently, Duke starts fighting them. Yeah. Okay, and he, 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 I guess somehow he spills some wine on one of them, and he realizes, oh wait, wine, you know, hurts them. So he tells Linda to to break it up in one of those wine barrels, and she does that, and then the uh, the muck demons are destroyed by wine. Yeah, because a wine cellar would be a great place to hang out. If wine destroyed you. Yeah, I mean, come on now. Like, it's like, you know, it's like when you, it's like a video game. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they're in their lair, but there's something right. in the lair that's going to kill them, but they're still hanging out there. Right. Okay. Right, exactly. So, during all this, too, apparently, Mr. Freeze and his wife, Isabel, they don't really like, Isabel doesn't feel the same about uh, Freeze, as Freeze feels about her. Okay. So she wakes yeah. on up saying like, oh, you know, I, I don't really love you. Like, I'm never going to love you. I'm not going to love you. Stop bringing me back to life. And, of course, Freeze is like, oh, I'm a sorcerer guy. I, I killed people for you. I'm not going to stop doing this because I'm going to have you forever, all of eternity. And she's like, well, I poisoned myself before. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. It ain't going to work this time. Okay. So that's their relationship. Yeah, so-, so That's fun. Yeah, so she's basically like, I've never loved you. I don't love you now. I'm never going to love you. And he's like, oh, just give it time. Yeah. I killed people for you. Okay, so now we have Dave and Adrian. They talk about, uh, you know, basically, Dave, he's all freaked out because he all thinks they're going to die. Um, and Adrian, she's perfectly fine over there smoking a cigarette. And she feels very safe in the room that she's in right now. Okay, so they're, they're kind of like arguing. They're, their big thing is they just argue back and forth the whole time. All right. So now the drunk guy Rich, he finds um he, he's upstairs. He's up he Rich is upstairs with uh Pete and oh yeah, I didn't say this girl's name yet. Pete and Megan. Megan. That's a fucking weird name. Megan. Me yes. not Megan. No, not Negan, not Megan. Let's mm. combine the two. Megan. 
brother. Yes. Okay. They're upstairs. Rick freaks out, gets caught by a wire. Haha, <laughs> comedy relief guy. Uh huh. Funny. And he looks around rooms and stuff, and it's supposed to be funny. It's not. So they're uh, the the Pete and all them. And Megan, they're all upstairs. They're looking around. They, 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 this is like the whole part of the movie. They're just looking around a bunch of rooms. Okay, the only people yeah. that really got attacked right now by demons is Linda and uh, Duke. Okay, so they're looking up upstairs and everything. Um, Rich is. Uh, he, I guess he, he somehow he goes into this room where Carol was at. Okay, and he gets locked in mm. there, and. They're trying to get him out a little bit. And and then, of course, then we see another scene of Duke. There's like a thousand cuts here. So we see another scene of Duke and Linda argue about like, like Linda not feeling that Duke can take care of her. Okay? Even though they just got attacked by demons. All right? right. So now we have Adrian. She hears a bunch of noises. Okay? And apparently, like, Dave... His plan to to do this stuff is he was going to get drunk, right? And apparently Dave doesn't drink a beer. So Dave, he had one beer and he passed out. What a fucking lightweight. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just one. So he just passed out after this and stuff. And Adrian, she's hearing a bunch of noises. And this is when we get actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie where we get Linda fighting the green red monster toy. Oh yes. Oh, the green, green, the green lizard snake monster toy. Now this thing was. I like the way they shot it, because it's like a thousand cuts, brother. I mean a thousand cuts. So they have him like, have it like biting Adrian, and then like it'll bite him, and then they'll cut to a scene of his face, and then she'll, it'll be moving around. She'll throw him around, and there'll be the same cut of his face. And they kept doing that. Like every time the thing would move, yeah. they would cut to his face in the same still shot. I was like, this is weird. Um, I actually thought this prop looked pretty good if they yeah. made it. If they didn't buy it from Spirit Halloween, I think this thing looked pretty good. Well, I think they, they might have made it, and then they resold it to Spirit Halloween. <laughs> Maybe. But remember, there was no Spirit at, in the 80s, brother, so you had to go to the, the mom-and-pop do-your-own-self Halloween store or something. Oh, I don't know when Spirit Halloween started. I just assumed they existed in the 80s. I have no idea. I mean, I have no idea. I'm just, I don't know. So, but whatever the big thing was, but I, I assume they made it because the whole mouth was moving and everything. Like you know, they were big into making these kind of props in the eighties. So, but it looked pretty cool. Um, eventually, Adrian gets the upper hand on the lizard demon, where she pulls a bookshelf over him and crushes him. But like it was weird because while she was crushing him, we still got still shots of his face. So, and then of course our boy. Nightcrawler is not is upset about that. This is when Adrian leaves the room. And by the way, the, the green lizard monster killed David in his sleep, apparently. Is either that or that one beer? One of the two. Yes. Um, yeah, because he's laying down and then all of a sudden his face is all fucked up. Yes, pretty much. So now Freeze is talking more to the wife about how he uh about how he loves her and she hates him. Okay. And then he starts. Yes. And then she starts. Then he starts saying, "Oh well, all my children sacrifice for you." And she's like, "Well, what the hell are we talking about? We only had one child. We only have one child." And he's like, "No, I got many childs out there." And she's like, "No." He's like, "Let me. Do you want to see our child?" She's like, "Yes." All right, child, come in here. 
She takes one look at this fucking kid. She's like, nope, not for me, brother. And she runs out of the room. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So she just runs on out of there. And, she, and, then, and then, like, Mr. Freeze and, like, his, like, Scooby-Doo, she's like, she won't, wait, huh? She won't get far. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing. All right. So now we see Pete and Megan. All right. They're, yeah. they're back. And they're talking about, um, they think everything is kind of hopeless right now. Um, Adrian sees dead Dave. And dead Dave tries to get her to come because he's a demon now. And then dead Dave turns, I guess he's the hallway demon. Because he turns into the slime monster, who actually looks pretty cool. All right. Oh, and by the way, I actually like this scene, too, because not only does Dave turn into a big, slimy 80s monster, who actually looked really cool and slimy, he used 80s flash lightning to melt Andrea. Yeah, but it wasn't blue. Well, it wasn't blue, but this one was like a more like a, a like a orangey white color. Okay, true, true. And I liked it. I liked. I liked. I liked. I boy, if I can copy this, I fucking would. Like, just have a big slimy monster. Give me some eighties effects and have the fucking person melt. I mean, come on, what more do you need? You know what I mean? Yeah, I love the melting effect. Yeah, the me- we need more melting. Everything just blows up nowadays. I know we need more melting. Like, why sure. can't we have melting, brother? Like, yeah, you know, just melt, man, just melt. More face melting. I mean, come on now, what's wrong with that? Now we would get the uh, '80s blue lightning later on. To everybody who's looking out for it, because uh, that's one of our favorites over here on the retro blood. Yeah. Okay, so the the rich guy, the beer guy. All right, he's looking through this. Uh, uh, play in the hallway and stuff like he's basically i guess he was stuck in that room nobody can get him out there he's walking through the hallway that has a bunch of cobwebs uh during this uh somehow carol she has now designed herself a ritual room and i guess she is the one who is being possessed by kiron aka freeze so here here's how the chain of command is working out okay we have mr freeze he is, yeah. uh, he put his demon ser- uh, special serum into Carol. And now Carol yeah. is using the Ouija board and her demon powers to conjure up all these other demons. So that's why we saw the muck man. That's why we saw the lizard uh, demon crawling creature. That's why we saw Dave's slimy demon body. She is doing all this from her ritual room. Okay. And during this, we have uh, let's see. okay, Dave. He's going through all these cob. This is actually a cool scene too, and very random. And actually, I didn't really know what to think about this. And I thought I was going to take a sexual route, but it didn't. Okay, so Rick's over there. He's all through his cobwebs, and this door opens. It's like this random Asian girl. All right, she's yeah. like, "Hey, uh, I need your help. Uh, your friends are over here, or something." And she's like, well, "Well, who are you?" It's like, "I'm a person that got stuck here, like you. Come in here." Come into this room and we can get out here together. All right? Is that okay? I think call him like Thomas or like his last name or some shit. Okay? And he's like, okay, yeah, I'll come in there. So he comes in there and this girl has like this spider room. Okay? So she like, when he gets in there, he was wondering how she knew his name and everything. Their friends told her and everything. And, you know, they're going to get out of here together just right over here. And then this huge spider attacks Rick and he like pushes him onto the spider web. Okay. And then now the Asian girl is going to 
for all my uh, Japanese uh, anime watchers, she is going to turn into a Japanese animated spider's sex demon. Sure. Sounds good to me. You know, but, you know, this one didn't have a bunch of cocks on her fucking legs. All right, it was no, just, just no. thins on there, brother. So don't, don't yeah, get too we need, excited. We needed, to, we needed to be able to show it on USA. Yeah, exactly. Okay, come on, brother. We can't be that violent. Okay. This has to be uh, the movie watched after Raw goes off. So I didn't know what the rating was of this movie, but at first I was like, okay, this is, is this going to get sexual over here? Because I can kind of dig it. You know what I mean? But no, it didn't go that way. She just turned into like a yeah. big giant spider. Even though it looked cool, it looked like an Asian demon spider. I was actually pretty impressed. It actually, yeah, it looked pretty good, yeah. considering. So I, this scene, I thought this scene was actually pretty cool because of the, her transformation. And they showed it. They showed her like coming from a human form out into like this spider form. And I thought it was really well done. And then they, he, he pushes, he pushes them on the fucking um, spider web. And what does she do? She fucking drains his ass, melting his yep. ass. Good. And his head like deflates. Yeah, deflates the shit. So we need more of that. More of that shit. so this is when we get back up to the house okay and we only have a certain members of the crew left we have megan pete and duke and linda all right so they all meet up the top of the staircase and apparently they like they already kind of like knew people died like maybe were they like watching the movie while we were watching the movie or something i didn't really Uh, get they potentially so they knew some people were dead already they think they're gonna die and then somehow, like, Pete or Duke, I, I couldn't really understand because they were talking like a miles per hour. But one of them pissed off the other one. So out of nowhere, Pete and Duke just start fighting. Okay? Just like, yes. Start beating each sure. other. And I was like, this fucking old dude, Pete, who looks like fucking uh, um, Steve from fucking Married with Children, is just whipping this yeah. Duke guy's ass. I was like, damn. <laughs> and then the girls just like, don't yeah. do that. Don't. Please don't fight. Okay. Yeah, Duke's not nearly as tough as he looks. Exactly, he's getting his ass whipped. So they like they fight into like this like uh, statue room, okay. And they're fighting back and forth, fighting back and forth. The girls are like, "Oh, don't do that." And then next thing you know, our girl Carol, Demon Carol, she summons a statue Grim Reaper. Okay. Yes. Awesome. So it actually looked pretty good. And like, bro, if you if you wanted your main. Uh, prop at spirit it would look just like this okay yeah yep so the statues uh grim reaper demon uh starts uh, fighting a, a couple of them and he actually i guess he ch- ch- grim chops or I, I don't know if he chopped off duke's head or body but basically he chops duke down and that's the end for duke so he's gone all right and then okay yeah and then the most random scene i've almost ever seen of somebody trying to get away Bro, Allison, I don't know if you caught this because it was super quick. But if not, like everybody, you guys got to pause this shit. And I could not believe with my own eyes. I can't believe I caught this. Okay. So they're like boarded up in this room, right? Okay. Right. So like the girls are on the out. So when the whole Grim Reaper shit happened, like the girls ran out, but the door like locked like in between them. So that's why like Pete and Duke, they were like fighting this Grim Reaper. And then Duke got, got chopped, right? Got chopped, right? Yeah. So there's like a little like ramp that goes to the door to the outside. So our boy Pete like sees Duke get shot right, and he just like fucking bolts onto this ramp head first into the door. It breaks it. 
okay, to get out. And then the next thing we cut, he's like, perfectly fine. Everything's okay. Hey, girls, let's get out of here. So this guy opened up a sealed wood door and he broke it with his head. Yeah, why not? And like the way he did it, he looked like he was like getting, he looked like he was going like head first into a pool. It was fucking weird, man. Did you see that or no? <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did kind of notice that, yes. But the, the cut was just so weird. It's like he's running yeah. headfirst into wall, breaks the wall, gets up, perfectly fine, no dust or debris on him at all. Yep. Hey, girls, let's get out of here. They all leave. Let's go. Yep. I was like, I had to rewind it. I was like, what is going on here? Okay, this shit was, it just threw me off. So they run. They're outside, right? Now they get to the outside. Um, like they're on like the roof. And the, the Grim Reaper demon follows them out from the roof and stuff. Okay. And they're trying to break into the uh, to the other doors and stuff. And then out of nowhere, Pete, who apparently can break through wooden doors with his head and be fine, he beats the Grim Reaper demon by how? By tripping him and having him fall off the, the house and the thing just blows up. So it, yeah, Pete, it, it, the it, oldest guy in this film, is kicking everybody's ass. Sure, <laughs> sure. But they're putting over these Why old not? guys. All right. Well, yeah, you never know with the old guys. Sometimes like, they can. Uh, like he didn't do anything with his ripper. He just tripped mm-hmm. his ass, and he fell off the roof, and he blew up. Like he, what, what does his statue have? Like dynamite in him? Like. <laughs> oh God, it was so. It was pretty funny. Okay. Okay. So now they go back into the room, right? And every they're, they're, they're calm as can be. And they start looking around this room in the house and they can see the sorcerer in an old picture. You know, they see, like, we get some plot stuff around the house. Like, obviously, we could tell, like, Mr. Freeze has been doing this for decades. Um, basically, like we said before, he gathers people in his houses. He does some demon magic on them. And he gives all their life form or whatever to his wife to keep her alive. So... Linda, at this time, she's hurt, too. So she needs help everywhere. She got hurt during the whole scuffle with the uh, Grim Reaper. And they're looking around this house. And I guess something, like, draws Linda to the bookshelf. And she just, like, falls on the bookshelf for no reason. You know, she's supposed to be sitting tight. And this veil thing, like, pops off the, the, the bookshelf. And it melts like this statue. And they think it's acid. But then Peter's like, oh, it's not acid. It's the cure for everything in this veil. <laughs> the cure for everything. And I was like, really, guys? Okay. And then he's like, hey, I saw that exact veil on the skeleton thing by the Ouija board that we saw downstairs. So we need to get down there. Okay. So they try to get down there. And, of course, they run into our girl, Carol. All right. Carol is in that same room where the whole veil is at. And so Carol, she now does uh, some magic on everybody. Magic. So she brings out the 80s blue lightning. Okay. And she does the the whole uh, uh, Stephen King thinner stuff where she makes everybody old. Okay. Okay, you're right. Okay, I'm following you. Yeah. So she apparently, like I said, you know, she's like the surrogate for Mr. Freeze. So Mr. Freeze has many, many powers. And one of them is he can now 
use his magical Ouija board that has demon magic to make these people old. Now, why didn't they do that earlier? I don't know, for effect. We had to use all these other demons first. They had, It was in the contract that they came to the movie, okay? That's why we could not... Right. That's why we cannot use this magical spell before. Or maybe, maybe what it was, maybe she had to power up. You know what I mean? Before she can do this spell. Yeah. Plus, we had already shot all those other scenes. Yes, exactly. So, Pete tries to go for the veil, but guess what? He fails, and they all just turn old and die. Okay. Well, there they, are. There, there, there they all go. Okay? And then, next thing we know, the real star of the movie is actually Isabella, the wife. Yes. Yeah. So we just cut to her and yep. she is trying to get out. And then this is like a whole long sequence where the movie went from trying to rip off Evil Dead to trying to rip off Zombie. Okay. Yep. So she's getting out of there. She's kind of, she kind of reminded me of like um, um, all those princesses from like, you know, Mario or Zelda. You know what I mean? She's locked in this magical castle and she's trying to get out of there. So she eventually gets out of the, uh, the, the castle and she gets outside. And then this is when we have all the zombies. Uh, actually, well, before this all happens, though. Hold on. Huh? Sorry, I'm getting a little too ahead of myself. I like this part, too. So she's, she, 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 she's in this, like, you know, she's going through the house. All the, She goes through the whole levels of different parts of the house. And yeah. she talks to herself. She's like, you know what? I know what must be done. Maybe I knew it this whole time. And I was thinking... Motherfucker, haven't you been alive for like 70 years and yet now you're figuring out what you're supposed to do? Like, so her big plan that she could not figure out for decades, okay, was to kill him. Right. But she couldn't figure that out for like, you know, decades to kill the guy. Okay, gotcha. So maybe, maybe now she has courage for randomly somehow now. So she goes to go, she goes to visit our boy Freeze in the gardens or this garden looking room. All right. Right. And Freeze is like, you know, same old spiel. I love you. You're the, you're the beautiful. I'll do anything for you. I kill people for you. Uh, even though you don't like me at all, it doesn't matter. You eventually will, you know, the same old spiel. And she's like, oh man, maybe I'm coming around. Right. And then during this, she picks up like a knife or something. And he's all like, they're, they're going to go in for like a kiss or something. And then she just stabs him right in his fucking magic vein on the head. Yeah. And I was like, it took you like, what, 70 years to do this shit? I mean, fuck, bro. Like, I mean, come on now. Yeah, <laughs> at least. I mean, it could have been like hundreds of it years. It could have been even more. But now, now yeah. she has the courage. Gotcha. So she right. does all that. He falls on down. All right. And, um, there was this whole side plot of like uh, Freeze teaching his son to be evil and shit. I guess what happened was Freeze gave his powers to Young Freeze, and then Young Freeze gave his powers to Carol, and that's how they all turned into like dead old people. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. That, that that's a little side piece, by the way. So after after uh, Isabella stabs his ass, she runs out of there, right? And now she has to run through all the children, I guess. And I guess these like children they all call isabel mommy but they all want to attack her and eat her or do um uh, uh, other activities involving grabbing and tearing off clothes i'm not really sure which one okay <laughs> so this scene was like long but it was actually pretty like well done i thought 
like of her running and all these zombies, demon creatures like popping out of the grave and like catching her and stuff. Actually, I thought this part was really like pretty like suspenseful and actually like kind of appreciated it. But I was like, damn, this girl can, I mean, she was like getting her dress ripped off, all these fucking clothes ripped off. We didn't see no tits or nothing, but she was getting part of the clothes ripped off and stuff. Um, She eventually finds a car, right? And this yeah. car just has a random dude in it. And the guy's like, hey, get out of my car. She's like, I can't. Uh. She's like, look, they're, they're after me. He's like, okay, scoot over. All right. So then, like, he gets in the car and he, like, runs down some of the zombies. Some of the zombies are trying to attack the car and stuff. And he's driving all the way and stuff. And she's like, oh, God, thank God I finally got away and everything. Like, and he's like, you will never leave. You're always with us. And she's like, what? And then next thing you know, our boy, the driver guy, is Nightcrawler. He is back, brother. Yeah. And he has now uh, got uh, uh, Isabel in his clutches in the car. And she starts to scream. And then a whole um, grave thing that was moving earlier pops out. And it's our boy, Mr. Freeze. He is now regenerated back to life. And he laughs. And that ends Spookies, brother. Wow, that was something else, man. That was something else. It's a very uh, fast-paced, interesting movie. It's like it's kind of like it's it. It really is a tale of two stories. Well, I was gonna say you can yeah. tell that yeah. it was made from two different movies because, like, the whole beginning and the whole end were the new parts of the movies that they shot. Yeah, and then that middle part was the was the old movie that they never finished. Yeah, it just it's just very weird. Okay, but like I know like. I can see why this is a cult favorite because it's so wacky that it's like good, but like it just it's just very interesting. I would say it's like to me it's like fifty fifty. It's like fifty percent pretty fun and fifty percent kind of cringy. So yeah, because none of the characters that like Isabel or any of those characters, none of them appeared with the cast of like the kids, right? Well, no, like the fucking Billy guy was just by himself, and then Isabella, right. yeah, she didn't appear. Yeah, she didn't appear with the the cast at all. Like she didn't even know any of these motherfuckers, right? Because so she couldn't. So that means they couldn't get the cast back to shoot any new scenes. So yeah, all those scenes were of the main cast were shot for the other movie they made, Twisted Souls or whatever. Yeah, and then they made uh, these two bookending like little parts for this new movie. It's really weird, but I mean, I guess it worked. I mean, for, yeah. you know the best it could yeah like i said it wasn't horrible like at first i was like i don't know if i'm gonna be digging this movie but like you know once i watched the whole thing through i was like you know what it's not that bad you know it's kind of fun yeah i couldn't find the budget for this movie like how much it cost to make but the box office draw was seventeen thousand seven hundred dollars there you go yeah something there independent (laughs) film so this is something and it played on tv which is cool you know not a whole lot of independent movies played on like you know, cable TV and shit. So, but yeah, but yeah, yeah I mean, I think we're starting off a, a horror comedy month. Pretty fun this month. So got a little spookies going on. Not too bad, but uh, join us here next week where the retro blood will continue our discussion of comedy, 1980 horrors movies, where we're going to be almost to the day, not necessarily Saturday the 14th. We'll be doing Sunday the 14th but we're going to be talking all uh-huh. about Saturday the 14th Saturday the 14th ha 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 have you ever seen this one or no 
Um, I think I have, yes. i never seen it, but I have heard about it, and I know it's definitely one of those goofy Halloween uh, horror movies and shit, so it should be pretty yeah, fun. I think I saw it. So. I think I saw it, like, when I was a little kid. Yeah. But so I'm the, not sure. So we'll see how this one goes, everybody. But, uh, but yeah, join us here next week where we keep this uh, comedy train rolling. And, um, you know, we do have a couple other ones happening this month, too, uh, ending on the 28th with a special one, which I... I usually try to like, you know, for our special reviews, you know, I usually like to save that, you know, maybe until like a week before to let everybody know what we're doing. Um, but yeah. I do put a little bit of a hint in the intro. So if anybody can get uh, the little hint of the special movies I like to put out in the intro. But, you know, the one that we're doing at the end of the month is probably the most famous. Uh, here's another hint. It's probably the most famous, in my, my eyes at least, it's the most famous um, horror comedy movie almost of all time. You know, but we'll, we'll debate that Maybe. when we we'll, we'll debate that when we get there. But everybody, join us next week for Saturday Fourteenth. And Allison, what kind of mega death do you want to play getting on out of here? Ah uh, man, let's play in my darkest hour. Let's do it, brother. The tribute song, in my darkness hour, because you know when Carol was sucking everybody's soul up to be fucking old people, all of them were wondering. God, I hope I got paid for this movie because boy, our characters totally sucked. Yeah, and watching this movie wasn't my darkest hour, but it was close. <laughs> oh, come on, wasn't that? It was uh, saved by Leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, I know. Come on, that thing was awesome. Okay? And the hallway demon. Come on, brother. It's great. But everybody, James Kahn, Jay Elson, we will see you all later. See you guys. <laughs>